0: When I was a kid, traveling was an exciting adventure. It meant planes and airports. It meant little snacks and special meals and soda, which was a big thing at that time. But as I got older, the sense of adventure that I had always associated with traveling began to get lost in the many complications and challenges that had become entangled with traveling. Whether it was making sure I had enough money, one, to go on the trip, or two, when I got back, so that I wasn't either A, starving, or B, looking for a new place to live, or C, finding a way to juggle the myriad of responsibilities that I had somehow accrued, and that needed to be maintained while I was gone, on my <clears throat> adventure. And it took a long time to pull away from that and to return to the sense of adventure that I had always approached traveling with when I was little. Or young, I'll go ahead and let whoever wants to make the decision on which is the the better term. For that period in my life when adventure was my first thought when it came to the word traveling finding my way back to that sense of adventure required um, a closer reflection on where I was and what I could take away from the place that I was visiting and that became part of the story The why I was going, the what I saw, and also the how it had an impact on me. When I record a traveling podcast for my channel, my goal one is to capture uh, these moments in time that I was lucky enough to experience. And sadly, because of human fallibilities like memory, I will eventually forget. But by recording them and by putting them down I have at least given myself a greater chance of being able to reflect and remember. And yet I've also found that the stories that come out of these travels, the where I was going, what I was doing, and how it impacted me, actually became a series of narratives that illustrated not only what I was thinking and experiencing, but also how those thoughts and experiences were impacting my writing and storytelling now. By tracking them, I hope that along with you to see where my growth, where my change and understanding are coming from, and how they are being influenced by the ways that I internalize not only information but value, and I think that I'm continuing in the best efforts to accomplish that, which is why I recorded this first part in a series, Logging My Travels to Hong Kong, and it's why I'll continue to make podcast episodes about traveling, because I believe that even in the the mundane details that can come out of talking about a trip there are these elements that still give storytelling life and my hope is that by providing them for you we can look at them together and I'm really trusting that this shared perspective will allow me to see the things that you can recognize instantly and hopefully there's something I'm sharing that lets you see a little differently, too. I'm going to stop rambling and allow you to get on to my travel log for Hong Kong, part one. Thank you again for listening. And please, as always, at the end, there's a number of ways that I would love for you to consider when possibly sharing your feedback. Sometimes, The best thing you can do is to recognize that what you had planned (laughs) is not what is happening. And that even though you thought you could do things in a certain amount of time, it doesn't always work out that way. Which is why I find myself at 7.54, Sunday, September 30th, a few hours away from my departure for Hong Kong. With my wife Tracy, I'm aware now that my getting up at four, roughly 4:30 4 a.m., to then unpack our car, load some materials that we need to into our storage shed, and then secure our uh, vehicles, and then shower, shave, walk my dogs to then record a podcast clipping during the quiet and more serene moments of the morning, and then continue on with uh, grading some uh, scholarship applications that I do for one of my projects before walking the dogs and waking up my wife, so that we can then begin preparing to leave together. Since it's 7.54, I can report the following. I did not get a chance to make a recording during the more serene hours. I did get the car unloaded and the storage shed secure, as well as the vehicles. And I did get a chance to shower and shave. I even got the dogs walked. I only got one application done this morning. Unfortunately, someone emailed me with some questions that only I could answer, so I responded to those. Um, Not to read anyone out, they just needed some help. And um, I said I'd help, so... That was something that um, I was totally comfortable with. Um, and then a plan to originally have breakfast has rotated into running out to grab some pastries, and a plan to maybe leave here at 10 is now being modified so maybe we can leave a little earlier, provide more of a cushion, ratchet down some of the tension a bit, because departing for international flight can always be. Oh, full of tension. So, aware of all that, and aware that I also still wanted to at least at least, get something that uh, captured the day of our departure, I took an opportunity to plug in the mic real quick and to hop on. My Frenchie Bruno is snarbling here on my lap. My Pitbull Fiji is to my right. My wife was watching uh, Food Network and The Pioneer Woman, She really isn't my favorite, but I don't want to change it because when she comes out, she'll probably want to keep watching it. Um, (laughs) I've got a application that I'm scoring up on the laptop. The suitcases are out and mostly packed, but there's still that final stage and you never know how long that's going to take. The pastries are in the bag. And I think they're due to be warmed up, maybe add a little butter, because a little butter for traveling is just always a bit of extra comfort. And as far as the feeling, well, a bit of amazement and reflection and a sense of thanks. This is our third trip this year, and... It's been a wild, fun time traveling, and I hope it can continue. But even if it can't, I'm thankful for this amazing stretch this year. I have some expectations of Hong Kong, but more than anything, I'm looking forward to just being completely surprised at everything I didn't know and that I now will get to say I learned. And I'm a big fan of the, the lines from... Jonathan is The Corrections when the character Chip is learning and feeling like a student again, and how he loved those moments, and I've always enjoyed every opportunity I've had to be a student again, to learn more. It's just something that makes me uh, enjoy and experience more, and actually I was talking with a writer I know, Leslie Carol Roberts, and she said, you know, I get that you know it's a personality thing um, we're learners we like to learn new things it's it's something that you know we enjoy um, but the best thing is taking that and then recognizing when it's time to stop learning and start doing and I love her uh, recommendation and sort of redirection of that idea of sure there's going to be times where you're going to want to learn things and times when you should learn things and you'll learn them but at the same time you should also know that you can pause so that you can do something with the knowledge you've learned. It's not just about taking it in. It's about taking it in and doing something with it. So I'm looking forward to that part of our trip to Hong Kong. Well, my my Bruno, my Frenchie, my Frenchie the Bruno, is snarbling to let me know that it's time for me to get off because I only have so much time with them left before we're gone. Looking forward to making another snapshot, hopefully at the airport, we'll see how well that plan holds up. And now we're going to take a quick break to pay some bills with this word from our sponsor. So, after failing somewhat impressively yesterday, after making a quick recording at the San Francisco airport, I then found myself on board unable to coherently string together how i could make a recording on the plane even though i i'm sure i could my brain just wouldn't let me get to that place and when we landed the chaos of customs and moving to get our luggage and then meeting our great hosts cousins dean graviador and his husband Uh, Andre we uh, headed off to grab a delicious meal for me that was a lovely katsu chicken cutlet with egg and rice and yumminess after which for the 30 minute car drive to Dean and Andre's house according to Tracy I slumped over like I had just been knocked unconscious and (laughs) and slept the entire time which was quite lovely. So I can't say much beyond that, except that those were among the factors that prevented me from making a quick recording. And instead, after about four hours of sleep, I woke up, joined Dean for coffee and conversation. And then after seeing he and Andre off, greeted Tracy when she awoke for some coffee and breakfast. And we talked about where we are, which is in this beautiful area known as Hoi Juan Wa, Wan Marine Park. And from the second floor balcony of Dean and Andre's place, I can see the water and Dean told me that it's about a 10 minute walk down to the beach. And I think for Tracy and I, that might be a lovely way to venture out walk down to the water, enjoy the humid, but very temperate climate, and uh, then probably come back and hang out with our great little house guests. Dean and Andre have this adorable little combination of a puppy about five years old who goes by QQ, and a beautiful English kitten named Mew Mew. And they're sweet and adorable, and helping us adjust to missing our sweet little puppies back home. Seems there's something you're always leaving behind, and yet something that helps fill the void when you are traveling, especially when you're staying with good people, good family, and great hosts. And uh, this morning, thinking about the blessing of traveling, and the ability to visit another shore. It's worth a light (laughs) little chuckle, the idea of starting that by walking down to the waters of that shore and beginning our adventure on this, our first full day in Hong Kong. More storytelling to follow. A mere six days later, it feels like such a blur. It's 5.55 on Monday evening, October 8th, in Hong Kong. That's an adjustment I've been making each time I communicate with friends and family back in California. Remembering the time, the difference, whether it's morning or night where they are. And remembering that they don't always remember when they're reaching out to contact me. We've almost got it down, which is perfect, because I'll be leaving soon. And that creates that sense of, ah, just in time for it to no longer be as important as it was. But the importance of our trip is going to stay with me for, I hope, as long as I'm able to remember. We ventured to Sneaker Street and Lady Street. I saw the Avenue of the Comic Stars. We went to the Avenue of the Stars, right down by the water. But it's currently under construction, and I missed out on my goal of posing with the statue of Bruce Lee. I can't say for sure whether I or my wife Tracy wanted it more. But needless to say, we were both disappointed when we found out that it was not something we would be able to do. We had unintentionally walked from our drop-off by the red bus at the entrance to Mong Kok, down Nathan Road to the Avenue of the Stars. And in my mind, I didn't mind the journey, because I knew that we could take a taxi to meet Dean and Andre for dinner later that evening. Apparently, I was the only one who thought that, because when we realized that the Avenue of the Stars was closed, my wife said that we could easily stop by the Avenue of the Comic Book Stars on our way to dinner. In measurements we had already walked 1.9 miles from the drop-off by the bus down to Avenue of the Stars and that does not include any of the side streets we cut down looking at one store or at one vending table or another and it wasn't a straight strolling journey. It was more of a crowded stop-go-stop-go-hurry-rush-avoid-dodge-and-stop-again type of walk. The average temperature here has ranged around 82, with the humidity rarely dropping below 50% even when you're drinking what you think is enough water time and distance seem to stretch on for far longer than you might originally believe they would, could or should so when we started walking up towards our eventual goal of the restaurant in a shopping center known as The Element it seemed that My steps grew heavier and slower with every passing minute. That could just be a result of my perception, but I know that when you're in that moment, feeling is sometimes the only thing you can rely on. Time, distance, all feel immeasurable. after a great dinner we were exhausted the weather has been an adjustment for my sinuses and soon it began to take its toll on Tracy as well we took the next day to rest and recuperate sore feet tired legs and then on Thursday found ourselves venturing out again. And now we're going to take a quick break to pay some bills with this word from our sponsor. So just how did I get from that first recording clip that first morning when I had the chance to make some notes all the way to my second recording six days later? What filled that space in that time? I guess it would be best to start with our first full day, October 1st. Tracy and I enjoyed a lovely breakfast prepared um, at Dean's house. And then we ventured out to Sai Kung, which is home to the Hoi Hai Wan Marine Park. It's a wildlife refuge that is also a UNESCO-funded site. And that is why traveling to and from Dean and Andre's house, we could often see either wild monkeys or what they termed feral cows wandering the streets on the sidewalks, huddled in herds or lone figures sort of dotting the passing horizon as we drove to and from each day. Sai Kung uh, is on the water and is really quite stunning. There are so many small islands, these rounded mounds dotting um, well everything that you look at it creates uh, a constant among the moving figures and boats and the boats are interesting in that there is fishing and recreation. You can rent a wakeboard boat for you and a group of friends and go out for six to eight hours. Uh, There are lounge and party cruises. There were many private boats including a number of impressive large yachts. And you could also go out for uh, any other water-themed adventure that caught your interest. We found ourselves immediately captured by the people and also amazed at the amounts of sea life contained in these giant glass cases. Everything from monstrous, I mean just monstrous crabs lobsters, many times we would look for the signs in the hopes of uh, deciphering just what kind of crab, lobster, fish, squid, or other form of sea life was kind of thrashing around in those cases. Uh, The water is mesmerizing as you looked out over the pier bobbing the junk boats and the small stands where you would see fishermen cleaning, gutting, and chopping live fish for preparation for sale or as part of a negotiation tactic to demonstrate the quality and freshness of the item that they were selling. Through it all was this beautiful smell of brine, and age, and a tradition that was modernizing, but at the same time was evident in so many little aspects. Um, The details were just hints at how long Sai Kung had been in existence and how much it had seen. Most importantly, the recent passing of the typhoon which had created quite a bit of damage and the resilience of the community to show its ability to respond and to press forward was also uh, really really an impressive and inspirational thing. Um, On our way in, we noted just how many trees and branches were stacked off to the side waiting to be cut, cleared, and gathered. And in one area, a collection of smashed small and larger boats, as well as one or two even larger speed or pleasure boats that were shoved up on the ground on the edges of the water. And for apparent reasons, <laughs> based on the way they were situated, were not going to just slide back into the shore and then become usable again. They would have to be salvaged and eventually repaired or sadly destroyed. Um, but in Sai Kung, we enjoyed walking among all of the different sights and smells and then wandered into a local Thai land cafe that had um, a really nice selection of dishes that were similar to ones that we might find back home, but also ...featured flavors and descriptions and ingredients that were not as familiar. And that was a nice way to introduce ourselves to the neighboring area... ...and to familiarize ourselves because it was actually at Saikung that we took our first bus in. But it was from Sai Kung that buses went out to areas uh, that were further into the city... Of Hong Kong and areas like Mongkok, which was to be our next destination and really was a treat. But before we could do that, we took in a nice first lazy day and then proceeded home knowing that tomorrow we would be heading out once again and that just by getting to know the neighboring village and familiarizing ourselves with what we would be using for our many days to follow was a a really nice introduction. It wasn't too overwhelming. It wasn't too much to try and remember. And it was also a great way to make us feel a little bit of hunger towards taking that next step on the following day and boarding a bus to our destination and seeing if it not only met, but as in most situations, exceeded our expectations. The fun thing about having such an adventurous day like we did at Sneaker Street, Lady Street, all the way down to Avenue of the Stars and back up to Callum Park and Comics Avenue of the Stars was the amazing dinner that we enjoyed later that evening with Dean and Andre. The other thing about a trip like that is that it can be extremely exhausting and it was compounded by the uh, amount of walking we'd done. Dean had been so helpful in showing us how the local MTR, which is a subway line that would be reminiscent of the New York subway the Chicago L or the San Francisco BART system. It's convenient, it's easy to use, but we wanted to see as much as we could and to do that we had to walk. The first jaunt from Sneaker and Lady Street down to Avenue of the Stars had been a pleasant one. A little crowded, but not terribly exhausting. Coming back up to Comics Avenue of the Stars and Kowloom Park had felt like more of an ordeal and it was on average 75 to 80 degrees in temperature with a humidity hovering around 50 percent. By no means the dog days of July and August which were known in Hong Kong to be closer to the hundreds with humidity in the 75% and above range, the amount of heat and humidity we were experiencing was quite different from home and also capable of taking a considerable toll, if not as impressive as the hotter months that had preceded us were known for doing. We had spoken with Dean about taking a taxi from Kowloon Park's area to what was called The Element, another shopping mall facility, at the top of which was a a very popular restaurant where we were looking forward to enjoying some really delicious local cuisine. Dean had suggested that we simply take a taxi to avoid... Getting caught up in the sort of chaos of rush hour, and because he figured that by the time that we left to join them for dinner, we'd be tired. Despite that suggestion, we decided to stay on foot and find our way to the element using our wits and uh, navigational abilities. And it took a little bit longer than enjoying a cab would have, but we arrived there safely and in time to eat our delicious meal. The next day we awoke to the reality of the kind of toll that that had taken on us. Uh, the heat humidity had been affecting both of our sinuses and it seemed maybe that a small cold had also uh, been around someone because even the, uh, the rest of the household began to be affected suffice to say that we spent the next day recovering from all of our adventure we were in town for ten days and one of the benefits of that much time is knowing when you can let your body rest we're also fighting jet lag and that impact on our sleep coupled with the amount of times that at least myself uh, woke up from sinus congestion that uh would cause me to cough, maybe an hour or two after I originally fell asleep, I would awaken and work on writing and other projects that I had available to uh, chip away at. And on that day after, all of our adventuring around Lady Street and Avenue of the Stars and Kowloon Park, we had a chance to recharge which was important because our next day was spent with Dean traveling to an area known as Lantau Island. Lantau Island is a religious retreat with a fully functioning monastery that is also home to a gigantic Buddha statue that is uh, absolutely stunning. He's uh, seated in an open lotus and holding up his right palm with his left palm facing upward and partially extended and resting on his knee. And it can only be reached through a very long and by all appearances exhausting hike or through an intricate tram system. We chose the tram and it was a stunning view as we moved from relay station to relay station, pushing up and over the many rolling hills, eventually cresting them to see the statue from a distance and its impressive size as we grew steadily closer. The trams dropped us off, in what's known as uh, Ngong Ping and we proceeded to hike up the many steps that led to the statue of the Buddha and from there we were able to walk around and take in the grounds the view of the water that was on the back side of the island and many of the homes and other uh, sort of rounded islands that spread out away from the coast. It was exhilarating and very refreshing. And from there, we were able to hike back down the steps and then continue to the two or three other monasteries, each one a different temple, each one featuring beautifully laid ornate Art in the walls, the ceiling, even the ledges—everything was scripted with detail. It was—it uh, was very beautiful, and it was clear that care, thought, and reflection had gone into the design and creation of each one of these structures. Um, there is also a steady cloud of incense that hung over everything. Some of the smaller sticks were placed within the temple, but outside of many of the temples were large, four or five foot tall. No longer sticks, but columns of incense. Some of them as thick as a A man's leg and burning steadily just smoking away there was a a light breeze and it stirred the smoke enough to move it around us but it wasn't enough to keep it from lingering and I began to cough quite a bit before we moved uh, eventually through another part of the grounds and the incense was not so pervasive. On our way back, we saw a troop of young men and women performing uh, martial arts uh, exhibitions with weapons, they danced, they flipped, they spun, it was mesmerizing tried to capture as much as we could with cameras and video and and by then we grabbed a snack and headed back towards the tram knowing that we still had uh, a beautiful view on our ride back and that we had enjoyed an amazing trek to see a landmark that was well not only worth the wait, but worth the journey and also uh, a really unique experience. One thing I almost forgot to mention was that the uh, signs of the Chinese zodiac were represented along the walk to the uh, bottom of the steps that lead up to the Buddha. And for each one of the zodiac signs was a soldier who wore a form of that symbol on the top of their helmet. And you could see that when they, uh, when you stopped to look at the statue and studied the the design. I, of course, got my picture taken with my sign, and so did my wife. And it was another fun little aspect of the, the trip that, boy, when you're looking at something like a uh, giant Buddha you can kind of lose focus because you're so busy focusing on that that all these other little parts that you get to see and experience can almost feel drowned out um, by comparison. And now we're going to take a quick break to pay some bills with this word from our sponsor. Day 2 we ventured a little farther from our resting place. We started again on a bus all the way out to Sai Kung where we then transferred to a bus for Monkok and proceeded to travel about 30 minutes before we reached the end of the Monkok line. And that dropped us off in what is known as, well, one, Moncock, but also as a major shopping venue. Um, it's not just one neighborhood, it's, uh, it's a cluster of different uh, little areas. So there's a main street called Nathan Road and nearby, and parts of that are referred to as Sneaker Street, but Sneaker Street is just a a slew, blocks and blocks and blocks of athletic wear, mostly sneakers, um, high-end men's sneakers with all of the top brands from Nike, Puma, Adidas, Reebok, um, which are commonly known in the United States as well as a lot of um, European and um, international brands that I had not seen maybe in years, if not decades. Um, Selection was extremely varied and would have been more enticing for me except for one problem. The largest shoe that they sell is, um, I think it's European, measurements, yes, European measurements, 45. I unfortunately, in European sizing, am a 48. And every store that I went into, after a while, my first question would eventually be, do you have a 48? Anything in a 48? To which they always shook their heads, no. And I kept walking, which was a little disappointing, but became the norm when I Grew tired of finding a great-looking shoe, and then finding out that they don't have my size. And instead of going through that process, it was just easier to ask if they even had anything in my size. Um, so while that part was uh, something that eliminated me from, you know, participating further, there was the fact that I was with someone else who enjoyed shopping, enjoyed shoes, and not only on Sneaker Street, but also nearby, were a series of women's-themed fashion options. So, once we'd sort of enjoyed the the fill of Sneaker Street, and by fill I mean the abundance of stores and people milling around, because it was extremely crowded, and also because it was the uh, National Week which was a national week of celebration and civic pride, and also it meant that a large percentage of Chinese workers had the day off, if not the entire week, and took advantage of it by shopping and socializing and doing all the things that their normal, from what I understand, six-day work weeks, prevent them from doing. Um, So we were there amongst everyone. And when the crowds became a bit much, we needed a breather. We'd look for a side street and see if there was still things to view, things to enjoy, but without the chaos of running into someone, someone running into you, and all the other variables and complications that come with interactions like that. There was Lady Street, which was a corridor of tented stands separated by huge curtains, mostly canvas, and also with a canvas covering to help shield from the sunlight, and these featured everything from toys and electronics to collectibles to uh, backpacks, belts, watches women's handbags, um, and other accessories. And many of the stands were very similar in design and style, and others offered a different variety. And it was a nice break from the, as the phrases often used, the milling throngs of people who seemed to just swarm and stumble about on Sneaker Street because everyone was either in a hurry to get somewhere, not in a hurry. And whether they were in a hurry or not, invariably the person in front of you would at some point stop to look at their phone and stop walking completely. And everyone around them would adjust, sometimes quickly, sometimes not. (laughs) And you could find yourself running into someone who was trying to get out of the way of someone else. And there was simply nothing to be done except to roll with the punches and keep on stumbling along. On Lady Street, we enjoyed more of a quiet stroll. And the only thing that was really necessary was the ability to know when you were done looking and to communicate that to the vendor, who was of course always looking for the opportunity to help you see what you really want. I actually made one purchase, simple little electronic headphone purchase that felt like a really good deal. And for my wife, we looked for a few things that might fit well for what she wanted, but overall generally just missed out. That much shopping can eventually take enough of a toll that, well, you're ready for a different activity and for us the plan had been to visit the shopping areas and then travel down to the waterfront the waterfront is actually um, a beautiful area that's been developed as a backdrop for many of the um, malls that are close by as well as the different buildings such as living communities and hotels And one of the main draws to the coast is an area known as the Avenue of the Stars. Avenue of the Stars features different celebrities, many of whom with roots and history located in Hong Kong. And for myself and my wife, we were really intrigued to see what is known as the Bruce Lee statue, a commemorative statue to Bruce Lee, who is a favorite son for his resurgence of cinema and film in Hong Kong, and also for the international acclaim that he brought. So, we began a 1.9-mile walk, which by no means is a, a short distance, but is something that we've done comfortably before, in a strange land, and because we were unfamiliar with the layout, it was common for us to stop and take in new sights or pause to see what we might take advantage of on our way down there. Which seemed like a good idea in the moment, but made us question what we would do later when we arrived to find that the Avenue of the Stars was actually under renovation and that it would not be fully complete until sometime in the spring if not summer of 2019. This meant that not only could we not see the Bruce Lee statue or the other statues but that we couldn't even access the parts of the Avenue of the Stars where those could be seen. So much of the construction uh, barricades had been put up long before those entrances uh, could even be viewed that we simply got to where they were and then moved off until we could find at least a nice view of the water and a place to pause and reassess. Hong Kong has a great history of comic books and comic book characters and not just for comic books but comics that appeared in local newspapers and other publications and they have what is known as a uh, comics avenue of the stars that's located in Kowloon Park. Kowloon Park was actually back away from the water and just off of one of the main streets that was close to Sneaker Street, Nathan Road, and Lady Street. And while we would be doubling back, by heading towards Kowloon Park, We would actually bring ourselves closer to our destination for later that evening when we planned to meet with uh, our cousin uh, dean and his husband andre and uh, a really exciting dinner that we've been looking forward to since we talked about it the day before it was about 1.5 miles to kowloom park From the Avenue of the Stars and the way back was filled with just as many people and just as much chaos, confusion from the crowds as we had experienced on the way down. But by continuing and by eventually reaching the park, it was a wonderful respite cool breezes, towering trees, lush greenery, ponds, fountains, and then the uh, entrance to the avenue of the stars, comic book stars. The comic stars were an impressive mix, powerful soldiers in blue armor, others with Long flowing hair and braids Shirtless with perfect rippling muscles And then in between were the comic relief uh, Characters with oversized hats and heads On little bodies with dull expressions Or a small childlike character Wearing a red and white striped shirt and blue shorts Standing next to a large white cartoon animal That could be anything from a bear to a piglet The mix was diverse, but it also caught my attention because I was working on a post in a podcast about masculinity, and among the characters were many different examples of men and masculinity. The shirtless ones with the rippling muscles, uh, a very cool-looking character with uh, dark hair with a little bit of gray, wearing jeans and a jean jacket, and a um, undershirt that was sleeveless, as well as a kind of suave, lazy character wearing slacks and a sports coat. And then a character known as Kay, who is said to be Hong Kong's version of James Bond, sprinting forward in a stylish jacket and suit with a tie and holding a gun. And then interspersed were the more dialed-down or um, less extreme versions. Uh, A solemn character with long hair pulled back into a small ponytail carrying a shawl um, twisted around his waist and over his shoulders, one in a martial arts pose but wearing a very simple robe with a scarf tied around his waist and a very humble but warm looking hat and a senior character who was goofy and childish and had big eyes and small glasses on his nose pulling a rabbit from a hat and acting like the elder relative who is always fun at a party as well as uh, examples of an older character and a younger character exchanging words or a handshake in friendship so many different displays of caricature and masculinity and it was a it was a joy to see uh, this reflection because in my curiosity i researched about the history of Hong Kong and I found that these characters all represented periods of time and reflections of attitude and thought whether from the 50s to the 60s and 70s, the 80s and down through the 90s and into the present and that each one reflected a popularity that existed when it came to a certain way of thinking, a certain way of feeling or a, a demonstration of a type of people who were prominent, not only to the people of Hong Kong, but the people around the world who also found and made a connection with these characters. It's one of the reasons why I think I will always find myself coming back to comics and characters from their stories there's a universal connection that has made them part of the fabric of storytelling and much like I've heard experts on comic books and comic theory talk about the translation from the paintings on caves discovered in France and throughout the world to the paintings that we revere in our museums. These characters, this art, is another form of putting story into picture and captivating the imagination. And, more importantly, in the moment, the attention of everyone looking for a story that can pull them out of the things that can often cement us in the moments that we do or do not want to enjoy or come back to and to take us to places that make us feel. Many of the things that we forget that we still feel when we're so busy trying to do the things that we need to do and it was really fun to see these characters celebrated um, by the community and in such a public way. And it's something that I think is important uh, to recognize, and I think it's important that Hong Kong has recognized this. And I'm looking forward to seeing other places where that recognition also exists, because I believe that's where we're going to see more of a connection and more of a, Recognition that these things that only exist in our lives, sometimes for some of us for short periods, still have profound impacts. And that just because they come into our lives and then pass back out doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that we leave them in the past and forget them. It means that when we recognize that value, that we put it in a place where we can share that memory of experience with others and also provide the opportunity for someone who wasn't there in the moment to make a connection not only with history but with something that will give them a better understanding to someone older than them. And each time we make those connections to history, we give ourselves the opportunity to close the gaps that often exist in generations and that have so often been the difference between understanding but also communication. And if there's one thing we can continue to improve to close our generational gaps it's the improvement of Communication and understanding Not something you would think You would get From either Comic books Or Hong Kong But I found them both And it was one of the many Joyful surprises That were part of our journey Later that night We joined up with Andre and took a trip to a place called The Peak. The Peak is absolutely stunning. It too has a tram that will uh, carry you to its top. There is dining and cocktails. We opted instead to enjoy the drive, which is, At nighttime, an impressive winding, twisting series of one-lane turns leading past the many expatriate homes that have been built in the area and ending at the top, which has become a very popular tourist point The views are stunning. The city lays out before you. You can see both sides of Hong Kong and the water between it. On our first full night, after enjoying dinner with Dean and Andre, after Tracy and I had wandered through Avenue of the Stars and shopping ...Sneaker Street, Lady Street and Kowloon Park. We had finished dinner and gone to the top of a hotel for cocktails and a stunning view. And now from the peak we could look across the skyline and pick out that hotel... ...and see where we had been sitting just a few nights ago from the distance... Where we now stood, and it was a uh, it was a sight that, as you took it in, was something that stayed with you, even after you were done looking. It, it was a reminder of just the the wondrous expanse that that we were experiencing in such a short time. We walked all around the edges, took in the, the lights and the view, and then of course it was picture time. Numerous shots of Tracy and I, of Dean and Andre, later Dean, Andre, and Tracy, and then myself, Dean and Tracy. We then decided to enjoy a nice dessert And thankfully, Andre drove us, not only back down the winding road, but back home where we could, in the quiet of our residential uh, guest lodgings, continue to reflect on this beauty that we had just been lucky enough to experience, and on the sequence of beautiful sights that had included the the hotel we'd been at just a few nights before, and extended now to this night of standing in the open air and viewing the city from its opposite end. Thank you again for listening to Storytelling with Seth. Whether you're listening on Anchor, Radio Public, Breaker, iOS, Google Play, or one of the many other platforms available, I appreciate you taking the time to listen. And if you're one of those generous supporters, thank you. If you didn't know, you can support my podcast While you're listening to this recording, feel free to take a look for the link that says to support me, Should be a really simple little button. And if you're having any trouble, don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. And I'll make sure that I'll do my best to help. But your listening, your continued support is what makes these podcasts possible. And I couldn't do it without you. So, thank you again not only for listening, but for your generous support and for all the different platforms that you listen to Storytelling with Seth. I look forward to sharing my next story with you soon.